Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com breadbox. Welcome to Beneath the Surface here at WCAP Radio 980. Paul Morano, your host, along with my special guest and my special producer, Miss Cindy, here at WCAP Radio, where we would like to offer you a show that uh, offers a little sanity into our age of insanity, a little life into our culture of death. Beneath the surface, where faith and reason meets. We're here until 11 p.m., and I hope you are, too. So let's get on with it, why don't we? My very special guest tonight is, if you're a Beneath the Surface junkie, uh, you know him as a regular. There he is, ladies and gentle things, Mr. Bob LeBlanc. How are you doing, Paul? Complain, I can't. Why can't you? Uh, (laughs) I, I don't know. I'll have to think about that. You ask me all these complicated questions. A lot of people have things to complain about. Some, like me, I think, are really good at complaining. You know. Yeah, and there's a difference between simply stating the facts and whining about it, don't you right, think? Right, right. I think there is a difference, and yeah. I don't think I've learned that difference yet. <laughs> no? <laughs> all right. And, and some people actually think they're complaining when they're just sort of stating the facts. Hmm. You know, like, I, don't, I really don't feel good today, and these are the reasons. That's not complaining. You're, you're telling me right. about how you're feeling. You know right. what I'm saying? You've got a right to tell what your feelings are. I think sure. that's probably what I get confused about is, is, is that I just keep on going. I want, I want somebody, somebody to th- sympathize with me, you know, I and see. feel sorry for me and get <laughs> attention, you know. Yeah, and that helps. <laughs> no, 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 that really doesn't yeah. help. It makes you feel better, I guess, mm. psychologically, you know, mm. but uh, those sort of people are needy, aren't they, Paul? Uh, well, we all are to a certain degree. Yeah. Yes. Miss Cindy, how are you back there? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Fantabulous. You are uh, you uh, all set to do uh, Cindy's Vinyl Vault at 11 o'clock tonight? Yeah, we're doing a free-for-all tonight, so whatever you guys want to hear, just call in. All right. And before Cindy's Vinyl Vault, call in to whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, what are we talking about tonight? Tonight, we, are, we go beneath the surface on the topic of Palm Sunday and Holy Week. Very apropos for the Christian world, who is about to celebrate Holy Week next week, beginning Sunday, which was traditionally called Palm Sunday. Now, sometimes it's called Passion Sunday because it goes through the passion and death of Jesus. But we'll talk about the whole thing sure, uh, with uh, my very special guest, Mr. Bob LeBlanc. That's the third time you've used the word special here. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I have no other adjective uh, at the top of my, uh, my uh, oh, tongue okay. right now. So. That's all I got. So you could say neato or great yeah. or something uh, like that. My great guest tonight, Mr. Bob LeBlanc. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> I was fishing for that. That's terrible. <laughs> yes, you were. All right, speaking of fishermen. Oh, yes, fishermen. Yes, they, yes. they have a lot to do with the story. They do. Well, especially Peter, uh, James, and John. I know definitely were fishermen. Yes. Um not sure about the rest, how the rest tallied up uh, as fishermen or not. And when Jesus called them, uh, he invited them to be fishers of men. Yes. Rather than simply fishermen. Right, right. Yes. Um, there's a little bit of difference between fishing for fish and fishing for men. 
Um, yes. You don't consume the men that you fish for, as unlike the fish. But when you're fishers of men, don't you bring in a net of men, of people, in order for, in a sense... Yeah, you cast... Wait, 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 let me finish. Okay. In order for, uh, <laughs> your, yeah, in order for God to consume? Um, does God, God consume? No, well, not entirely. Well, spiritually. Uh, I mean, yeah. if, if you're going to be in union with God, he, he all consumes you, correct? Um... I'm not sure. I'll have to think about All that. All right, you do that. 978-454-4980 is our phone number. 978-454-4980. In the season of Lent for the Christian world, next Sunday begins Holy Week. Um, Bob, where would you like to start with this? Why don't we start with Passion um, uh, Psalm Sunday. Palm Sunday it is. Palm Sunday, yeah. Um, All right, so start there. Start there. Well, um, there, there, are, there are some masses um, that that starts with a procession of psalms, and there's a gospel reading. Unlike the traditional order of having two readings and a gospel, um, Palm Sunday uh, can be an exception, uh, where you have a gospel right at the beginning of mass. Okay, now, now you're talking to a, a, a vast audience, uh, many of whom are non-Christian and non-Catholic. So why don't you break down what you're saying a little bit? Okay, all right. Well, uh, for uh, for a uh, Sunday Mass and uh, solemnities, which are very special feast days, uh, you'll have the breakdown of readings. There'll be um, a first reading, which comes from the Old Testament or Acts. Hmm. And then uh, 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 the psalms will be, uh, yeah. which are usually sung. Okay. Um, and then you'll have a second reading, which will uh, come from uh, the letters. Yeah, uh, New in, Testament in, letters. In the New Testament letters. And then you'll have, um, for the third reading, will be from the gospel proper, uh, from one of the four, one of the four gospels, one Matthew, of the four Mark, gospels. Luke, or John. Yes. So on on Palm Sunday, of course, they go through the entire um, Passion of Christ. Right. Okay. In, in in for the third reading, um, and traditionally, at least as far as I can discern, going fairly far back, um, it's been not just read by the priest as it ordinarily is, but rather it's it has several readers. And the congregation participates. They have they have set parts, and one of right. them is the crowd, which everybody in the congregation gets to. Okay, to so be. that that relates to the mass. But before we get to the mass, uh, let's let's go into the past two thousand years ago. Okay. And Palm Sunday was the day that Jesus decided to enter into the city of Jerusalem triumphantly, triumphantly, um, knowing. That it would probably be his last week on earth. Yes. Okay. So, so then, let's get uh, let's get sort of a loose general perspective of of what's going on on that Sunday two thousand years ago. Okay. Well, we're a little bit before the time of Passover. Okay. Passover and was a was a great one of the the most the, important Jewish uh, the holidays. most important Jewish feast and okay. every, you know and people were were to go to Jerusalem because every year it was celebrated in in commemoration of. Of the Exodus, uh, the 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 the, uh, they, uh, the Israelites were enslaved by the Egyptians. Yeah, and, we can find that in the Book of Exodus. In the Book of Exodus, and and uh, you know uh, you had Moses going, "Let my people go," and you Indeed. had Yul Brenner, you know, <laughs> right? And Yul Brenner was uh, two thousand years old. He's fifty years age. So the Pharaoh, Pharaoh was going mm. no, and then eventually, so many plagues were visited mm. upon Egypt. That the Pharaoh said, "Get away from me, you Israelites! I don't want anything to do with you guys." And they go, they go, and they cross the Red Sea. God separates the Red Sea, so there's yeah. a path for but, the but Israelites. To, but to appreciate this, uh, understand that the Jewish people were there for how approximately how long as slaves to the Egyptians? I think 400 years. If around, you remember, yeah, around four centuries as slaves to the Egyptians. They had no freedom at all. So finally, God calls Moses. And says, "Let my." And Moses says, uh, "By the power of God, let my people go." You talked about the plagues, right? Finally, the Pharaoh said, "I've had it up to here, right?" So uh, go, and so they they leave Egypt, 
And yet Pharaoh changes his mind, doesn't he? Yes. And and so so uh, God uh, decides, okay, this this is I'm going to send the final plague. I'm going to kill all the firstborn in Egypt, not just firstborn human beings, but firstborn in livestock and, and the whole the whole thing there. Okay. And uh, uh, God says, okay, what you need to do is you need to paint lamb's blood over your doorposts. Uh, uh, so this was the plan, to, to yeah. leave Egypt. God is saying, you're about to leave Egypt. This is going to work, this tenth plague. Right. And this is what I want you to do. And, uh, and, yeah. and so this is like the Passover. They were, they were supposed to get uh, an unblemished lamb. Okay. And, and they were supposed to sacrifice One year old. One year old lamb. Yeah. They were supposed to sacrifice it. Yeah. And they were supposed to consume okay. uh, that sacrifice, and, the and entire do what, family. Do what with the blood? With the blood, they were like I said before, they were yeah. supposed to, to put the blood on the, on the doorposts, over the doorposts. All right, so God ordered the Jewish people to take that, the lamb's blood that was slaughtered, right. put, put it over the doorpost and the lintel. So, every so Jewish, they would be passed Another Jewish over, household. Another yeah. Jewish household so that they... Right. So that the spirit that was going to destroy all the firstborn would pass over their house. Their house. Yeah. So then w- would spare their firstborn. Would spare their firstborn. But yes. unfortunately, the Egyptians' firstborns were were killed by this spirit of death. Right. Because they didn't have the blood. So, in other words, the the Israelites were saved by the blood of the lamb, literally. Right. And God, like you like you just said a little earlier, God didn't say that's all you need to do. Right. Because they were about to embark in leaving the country they've been they've been there for centuries as slaves uh, to make a journey through the desert to the the, right. promi- the promised land. So they so had to they had to make unleavened bread. They okay. had to, so so this is part of the the, the thing they're supposed to. Uh, that's all they're supposed to have, and they're to, to make ready as if they were going to go in the desert, as you, as you just said. So this is the Passover meal, the very original Passover right. meal. God said to to eat unleavened bread with what? Oh, um, with the the flesh of the lamb. Oh, right? with the flesh of the lamb. Yes. So it wasn't enough that the that the Jews or the Israelites were saved by the blood of the lamb in order for them to leave uh, and uh, leave safely they would have had to have eaten the lamb as a meal part of the sacrificial part of the um, Passover meal in order to garner the strength to leave uh, and to make it through the desert and that's what they did Mm -hmm. you want to talk a little bit about the prefigurements that this is all this all is to the Eucharist well, yeah. Well, right. the, the, the obviously the unleavened bread is is uh, uh, a foreshadowing of the Eucharist. The the um, the, the the bread uh, will be, in fact, uh, the Last Supper, yeah. which we'll we'll cover later, is this, which is twelve hundred years after what we just talked about with Moses, right? And leaving the leaving uh, Egypt. So so. Um, and I want to get this one point out. Uh, the Passover meal, yeah. uh, it was a remembrance, but it was more than merely a remembrance. It was, okay. it was re-presenting. It was, it was making the Jewish families present to that time that they had the original Passover. That, that's the, the idea that's contained in this. And it's also contained in the Christian Eucharist as well, the Christian Mass. Uh, which is a representation of of uh, Christ's passion, uh, death, and resurrection uh, contained within let's the stop, single okay, mass. Okay, let's stop there one second. During the mass, um, when the priest changes the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ, um, he says the words that Jesus said at the yes. Last Supper: "Do this in memory, in 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 remembrance of me." Yes. Um, you're saying that Jesus didn't use the English word that had to do with simple brain or mind memory. Right. Uh, he used the Hebrew word that meant more, bring this moment into the presence yes. so that you can experience it with us. Do you know what that word is, Paul? I used to, yeah. Oh, I, I, I if don't you know said what that it, is. Oh, you don't? No. Okay. It's, uh, if you said it, I'd say, oh, yes, immediately. Uh, um, not metanoia. No. No, that's repentance. Yeah. Um, but anyway, if you know the word, nine seven eight four five four forty nine eighty is our phone number. Nine seven eight four five four forty nine eighty. So the Passover meal was the meal that the, the Israelites and the Jewish people since then have celebrated every year to thank God 
for liberating them from many centuries of, of slavery to the yes. Egyptians. And they're supposed to ask a set of questions, um, okay. but I don't remember what those questions are off the top of my hand, mind. But it's more but like, you know, why why are we doing this right, sort of thing? Right. And, 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 and the son, the, I think the firstborn son is supposed to ask that question, and they re- reply with a traditional answer uh, explaining why they do the Passover. One thing I think... Um, that sticks out here regarding this is that as soon as John the Baptist in the New Testament saw Jesus as an adult for the first time, yes. what did he say? said, Behold the Lamb of God. Yeah, there he is. Well, now, what does he mean by the Lamb of God? Jesus becomes a fulfillment of that original Passover Lamb, doesn't he? Right. Well, even even further back, you have prefigurements. Uh, yeah. And if you were, are willing to go there, uh, you have Abraham with Melchizedek. Um, they have a celebration uh, yeah. with uh, bread and wine, which yeah. prefigures the Eucharist. And then also as well, you have Abraham with Isaac. With Isaac, yeah. and then who's replace who's Isaac's replacement? But a, a, a lamb or a ram. Right, uh, right. As God stopped Abraham from sacrificing Isaac, He said, uh, sa- "Replace Isaac with with uh, with the lamb." Right. Um, or was it a ram? I think it was a ram okay. that was stuck. But they're, they're they're considered, I think, the same thing as far same as family anyway. Yeah, same family. Nine seven eight four five four forty nine eighty is our phone number. We're talking beneath the surface tonight on Holy Week and Palm Sunday. So I just want to reiterate one more time, and then we'll go past this. All right. That. During that Passover meal that the Israelites still, uh, Jewish people still um, celebrate today, it wasn't enough to take simply the the blood of the lamb and put it over the doorposts and lintels of the households uh, so that uh, the firstborn would be spared, but they had to eat the lamb. Right. Now, if Jesus is the new lamb of God, as as St. John the Baptist tells us in the New Testament, this means that not only does his blood save the world, but we are commanded, just like was uh, foreshadowed in the book of Exodus, to consume the lamb, to eat yes. the lamb. and we do that. And that was established by the lamb himself, the new lamb, Jesus, on Holy Thursday, was it not? Right, right, where, where he, he, he uh, consecrated the bread and wine. We, co- we covered that previously, where Jesus says... This is my body of mm. the bread, and of the of the wine. He says, "This is the blood of the new covenant." So here you have the Passover bread and wine, and the Passover lamb, who is Christ Himself, all together. Right. And at the Last Supper, we understand that the bread and wine becomes the new lamb, Jesus Himself. Right. So, right. So that when when that is consumed at Mass and Holy Communion, people are actually consuming the new Lamb of God, just like uh, Christ himself, just like the old Lamb they were commanded to eat, in order to have the strength to go through the desert. So the new Lamb, and eating the new Lamb in the form of unleavened bread, uh, gives Christians the strength to live out their lives of holiness through the desert, you could say, of the ups and downs of this life. That is very well put, Paul. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Um, all right. So then, anyway, I wanted I wanted to get just to touch upon that. There's a lot much more, a lot sure, more to say about is, that. There is to touch upon the foreshadowing and prefigurement of well, what's between the Book of Exodus of of um, uh, the Exodus from uh, Egypt and what happened uh, on Holy Week. Right. Okay. There, there, there's also this connection here, and, and I think some people don't quite get to it. We, we have on Holy Week, um, kind of skipping ahead, though even though, even on Passion, on Passion or Palm Sunday, this is all contained therein, is, is we have on Holy Week the, the Triduum, which are the three days you have Holy Thursday, which is the the celebration of the Last Supper primarily. Um, Holy Thursday, okay. Holy Thursday, and then on Good Friday, which is uh, recreating um, the uh, hmm. Good Friday. There's a service, and w- what you have is the Lord's Passion and Crucifixion and Death. Can we go go beneath the surface on on that for a second? Can we stop for a sec? 
Um, just let me complete the thought right. on okay. the Triduum. Um, um, is is uh, on ho- on on Holy Saturday or on the Easter Vigil, uh, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And all of those things, of course, happened on. And Holy Week, the original Holy Week, in that fashion. In in that fashion, but liturgically, I guess what I'm trying to say is all three are connected. They're they're like one liturgical unit. You 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 have the beginning on Holy Thursday, and then you finish up on Easter Vigil on right. on on Saturday. Um, let us. You Look wanted to this. go beneath the surface. Well, I wanted Friday. to ask you about the word passion, actually, okay. because All you right. said the word passion. Because a lot of people don't understand that there there used to be uh, there is there is an obsolete um, meaning to that word that actually means suffering. Okay. Um, because the word passion to most Americans simply yeah, means... yeah, it's some sort of deep emotion or yeah, something yeah, like exactly, that. exactly. So where does that word passion come from? Well, I don't know where it comes from, but I know what it's about, which I think is probably a better place to go. Um, okay. So what, what, what you, 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 you brought it forth, it's, it's about uh, Jesus' suffering, uh, starting after the Last Supper um, and moving right up to the, to the, the crucifixion and death. Uh, Jesus is suffering emotionally. emotionally. Um, he is uh, suffering physically. Um, um, and so, so you you get both both sorts of things. You're you're getting a, a really a totality of of suffering in all these various all right. ways. So why did Jesus have to suffer? Why did Jesus have to suffer? Yes. Well, we, we we covered this last Friday in our private conversation. It, it, um, it was it was his mission. I think he had he, out of obedience, he was going to complete his mission of saving. Um, mankind. Yes. Uh, why, from, why, why from, did he from have the to suffer? slavery of sin? Right. Why? Why was suffering necessary when it came to that? Why is suffering yeah. necessary? Yes. Why couldn't um, God just wave His metaphorical arm, and all would be good? Well, I, I suppose in a sort of loose sort of way, God could do anything, but that's sort of a voluntaristic kind of outlook. Um, that there is. Um, there is for for a penalty penalty for for all for any sin, um, and and uh, what Jesus was doing was paying that price, paying the penalty right. of for our sins. We were other words that are used. Jesus ransomed um, was the ransom for our sins. Um, See, I tend to not think that it would uh, it, that God could just wave his magical. Well, that's uh, I, metaphorical I, arm. Yeah, because of what you're saying, I think that because eternal justice was breached, that it it had to be paid for in order for rightness to occur in the right. universe again, and that that wrongness that occurred was our wrongness as, right. as a species. We disobeyed God, and we are the ones that had to make up for that in order for us to have any kind of right relationship with him. Right. So this is this is this is the why of the incarnation. Man couldn't pay the price. I mean, incarnation is God becoming human. Yes, the yeah. uh, incarnation is God becoming human. Man by himself after the fall, yeah. after Adam and Eve's first sin, yeah. they they lost that that supernatural connection with God. Yes. That supernatural life uh, is the way you would call it. Um, and and there was nothing. There's there's nothing that mankind could give in payment that they didn't already receive from God in the first place. Yeah, um, I have a I have an interesting analogy about that. I'll I'll let you I'll tell you about it after the break. How's that? All right, All right. sounds fine. Nine seven eight four five four forty nine eighty is the BTS hotline. If you want to get involved in our convo, we'd love to have you. Our topic tonight is Holy Week. 2018. You're listening to Beneath the Surface. I'm Paul Morano. Be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. We'll follow you. Oh, wow. Wow. Right from Jesus Christ Superstar. Cindy surprises us. Son of Hosanna, hey, superstar, tell the 
be quiet. We anticipate a riot. This common crowd is much too loud. All right, Cindy. <laughs> there you go. That that actually was uh, related to Jesus going into Jerusalem on that Sunday, the first Sunday of Holy Week. That is Palm Sunday. And that is Palm Sunday. Thank you, Cindy. And thanks for that uh, that little... Uh, song from Jesus Christ the Superstar. The triumphal entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem on Sunday. He, Bob, he came into Jerusalem on a donkey. Yes. Not all that majestic, is it? Well, it is if you know this little piece of history. This is how King David entered Jerusalem. Um, I think it was, it was uh, kind of a way of... of um, King David showing a little bit of humility in in his triumphant uh, entry into interesting, but 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 and that was one thousand years before Christ. Yes, yes. Why and is that? Give the connection there between Jesus and King David. Well, okay. Well, it, it, the, the 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 you had the line, the genealogical line in Matthew, uh, where where. Uh, um, what his, was prophesied? His, yeah. Huh. What was prophesied? Yes, what well, was prophesied. So um, you have uh, King David's line leading down to Joseph. Um, yeah. And, 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 and of course, uh, since uh, Joseph is the foster father of Jesus. But why was it important that Jesus be in the ancestral line of King David? Was it prophesied in the Old Testament? Yes, yes. That's uh, what I'm getting uh, at. Okay, so, so God made a promise to, to King David that his line, his house would last forever. And it's it's in scripture. It's in and scripture. so all yep. the people of Israel are waiting for who is this this Messiah, this king that we that, that God promised that us. That is what they were looking for. They were looking for a king in a very traditional sense. He was going yes. to free them from Roman oppression and 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 militarily kick the Romans out of out of Jerusalem and out of out of uh, out of Judah, you know. So what does the Gospels immediately do? They create a genealogy, saying, explaining that this Jesus of Nazareth that we're about to tell you about is in the ancestral line of King David. Yes. Signifying that he is the Messiah. Yes. All right. So Jesus comes into uh, on Palm the original Palm Sunday. He comes into the city of Jerusalem on a donkey. And people of the city begin to throw um, uh, palms from palm branches and palm and their trees coats. Uh, and, their, and their jackets and coats on the ground. Right. What does that signify? That's sort of like the red carpet yes. of, of today. You know, it's just like you roll out the red carpet. That's what they were doing. They're going, whoa, we've got our king coming into, into Jerusalem, which, is, which gets the Jewish authorities pretty nervous at this time. Why? Because they want to stay in power, they 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 see this Jesus guy. He's gonna he's gonna he's an upstart here. He's gonna he's gonna whip up the crowds and stuff like that, and we're gonna just lose control of the entire situation here. Okay, so then they were they were nervous. Jesus coming in Jerusalem, um, and then um, apparently he he stayed in Bethany the evening of that Sunday. Woke up Monday. And one of the things, according to the three synoptic, uh, synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that he did on Monday, was he went into the temple area and cleansed the temple. Are you talking about when he kicked out all the, the money changers and everything? The cleansing of the temple. Yeah. Why do you think he did that? One of, one of his first acts when he went into Jerusalem. Well, well um, it was one was that um, they were turning the temple into a place of business. Now, the reasons that they had for doing this was legitimate. You had, uh, you had the money changers there because they couldn't use the Roman coins because the Roman coins had Caesar on them, Okay. which would be an idol. That Caesar was considered to be a god. In so the Israelites could not use Roman coins at the time because of that picture? Yeah, well, they couldn't use, especially in the temple, you couldn't, you couldn't use Roman coins to pay the various uh, offerings or taxes that you would, temple tax or something like that. You wouldn't use those coins to pay that. You would have to use okay. a, 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 whatever approved coins that they had for the temple. So Jesus comes into the great temple. There was only one of them. 
right. this great center of, of, of life and worship for the Israelites at the time, and goes in there and whips the animals out of there and right. turns over the money tables and... Everybody, nobody even, well, p- perhaps a lot of people didn't even know who he was at the time. Why do you think he did this? Well, it, it, the, 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 pla- the, te- the temple was a place of worship. Okay. And, and, and having all this sort of stuff there within the temple areas, it wasn't really in a sacred area or anything like that. I think it was in the outer courts that he was doing that. But still, he was saying, this is, you're, you're, you're doing, you're doing, Profane things in in a sacred yeah. area. And didn't he say something like, "My father's temple should be a house of prayer"? You have made yes. it into a den of thieves. Something yes. like that. Something like that. Yes. Okay. Um, we we certainly can understand the materialistic uh, temptations of of people today and trying to uh, trying to sell things that they shouldn't be selling, particularly in uh, in worship areas. Well, I mean, there, there were legitimate things. The, the animals were there so that people wouldn't have to bring their sacrifices 10,000 miles away. They could go and buy the particular sacrifice right ah, there at the okay. temple. Then, then what was the problem with it? Well, like I said, it was it, it was a, it was it, it really turned into a place of commerce. It, okay. It, I mean, that, that instead of prayer, instead they went of way prayer, too far. They All went right. way too far. All right. Um, then on uh, Tuesday of the original Holy Week, the temple leadership actually uh, questions Jesus about his authority. Like, who are you to do this? Ah, yeah. What? What kind? Of, whose authority do you have? Yeah. And of course, Jesus, he, uh, Jesus gave them uh, answered in a question. Um, he, he asked about uh, John the Baptist and and. Uh, uh, what did John the Baptist come from? Was he uh, from God or from um, something else? And they said uh, the the Jewish authorities uh, said uh, we don't know. And they they they, mm. they knew if they answered one way, you know, yeah. they'd be trapped. And if they answered the other way, they'd be trapped. So they said we don't know. And then Jesus replied, "Well, if, if you don't know, I'm not going to answer either." It's funny they they. They tried to trap Jesus, I can think of three times in the Gospels. That's one of them. Another time was with, uh, with Caesar and the oh, coin. Yes. Um, want, want, to, want to just say a little bit about that? Oh, well, yeah. Uh, the, 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 they came to him. They, uh, they asked him, um, um, you know, whether it was legitimate to pay the tax to Caesar. This was a right. tax to Caesar. And, and they're going, well... If, the, if, if Jesus says, pay the tax to Caesar, yeah. then he's going to get the Jewish people all, all up in arms because, okay. because you know, they hated this Roman oppression. They hated having to pay taxes and to Caesar. And he said the other, other way? And the other way, well, if he did that, then he'd have the Romans on him because, right. because he's saying... He's saying to the Jewish don't, people, don't, don't, pay, your don't pay your taxes. So, so he'd be in trouble either way. <laughs> he'd be in tr- trouble either and way. And that's probably why they, they said it, in order to get him in trouble. And, of course, Jesus outsmarted, him, uh, outsmarted them again. He, well, yes, this is the thing. Jesus is always smarter than, <laughs> than the, the people trying to trap him. So, and, basically, he said, look at the coin. Whose picture is on that? Right. And Caesar's. Caesar's, yes. Then give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, but give unto God what is God's. Yes, and they didn't have anything to say to that. <laughs> they no. walked away. They didn't. And a third, third uh, similar situation that comes to mind was in the Gospel of John with the adulteress. Right, right. They, 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 uh, they demanded uh, that that uh, to stone this adulteress, which was uh, mm. part of the Jewish law. You know, you commit yep. adultery. You get stoned to death. You get stoned to death, and and uh, particularly the females. Yeah, but. Uh, in Rome, in in those times, Romans the Romans reserved to them the authority to inflict the death penalty, and so and so, if Jesus said, "Go ahead, follow Jewish tradition," you know, he'd be in trouble with the Roman authorities. If he said, "No, uh, we have to defer to the Romans," then you would you 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 would have. Uh, uh, the Jewish people all upset because Jesus is allowing a pass because on this it, adultery, and it was the Jewish law, right? So again, it, either way, either way that he he would answer that, you'd either have the Jews on him or the the Romans on him, and of course Jesus again outsmarted them by saying, 
By the way, which one of you guys uh, are without sin? Let him for cast the first stone. Let him cast the first stone. And then you see in Scripture each one of them just dropping their stones and right. leaving. I, I, love, I love that scene in the movie, The Passion of the Christ. Yes. I mean, it, it's, it, it is, you, you, you see, you see uh, I think the, the, the woman they pictured there was Mary Magdalene, which is not confirmed by the, the Gospels. Right, right. Traditionally uh, believed to be, but not confirmed. Right. Right. And so, um, and so she's there, and you can see her. She is like, I'm doomed. I've sinned. Right. I, I, she's on the ground. She's at yeah. Jesus' feet. And Jesus uh, draws a little figure on the ground, whatever it was. Uh, and, uh, and we know it wasn't said explicitly in the movie, but we know that Jesus said, whoever you know, ca- uh, has not sinned, cast the first stone. And you see, one by one, yeah. all, the, all these Jewish people dropping their, their rocks and walking away. And then Jesus looks down at Mary Magdalene, and I think this is so perfect for this period okay. of time. He looks down at her, and he lifts her up. And you see the, the, the change in the look of Mary Mag- Magdalene's face yes. is as if her entire life has changed at that moment. And, and he says to her, um, woman, have they not condemned you? And, right. and she says, uh, no, sir, apparently they haven't. And uh, well, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And Jesus says, "Neither do I." But here comes the important part: right, go right. and sin no more. And here you have, right here in the Gospel of John, chapter eight, a foreshadowing of the sacrament of confession. Right, right. And well, you have the you have you have a, 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 a look see at God's mercy. Yeah. Uh, God did not come to condemn. He came to, to, to give his mercy. Right. Uh, so and all he needs is an open heart. Right. And apparently this woman had it, and those Pharisees perhaps did not. Well, I think, I think you know, her heart was there. She realized that he, she sinned. There was yeah. no... So I think the, the, the only thing necessary she at that point... She wasn't in denial. She wasn't in denial. Right. The only thing at that point that was necessary is to say, boy, am I sorry for, right. for this. All right, so we've covered uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday of Holy Week. Um, on Wednesday, traditionally called Spy Wednesday, yes, uh, Judas conspires to hand over Jesus to the Roman, uh, to the Jewish officials first, yeah, so that they would hand him over to the Romans, perhaps. But um, they were afraid to grab Jesus, the Jewish people, the Jewish uh, authorities. Uh, they were afraid to get Jesus in. In, during the daytime in public, right. weren't they? Yes, they were. They thought they the, they, they it, it, it's mentioned on this coming week's uh, um, readings is is that the Jewish authorities were afraid that a riot would start because Jesus was very popular among right. the, the, the the ordinary folk of 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 the area. So the Israelite uh, authorities wanted to get him at night so nobody would be around, grab him, and do this really quickly and get rid of him. Uh, and that's what happened on, well, that's why they, they um, pursued Judas, because they knew he took care of the purse. He was, he was, he was the treasurer. He was the money man, yeah. yeah. And so they seduced him with 30 pieces of silver. How much would that be today? Any idea? No, I do okay. not know. All right, a lot of money. It'll be, yeah. It, a lot it, of money. Sure, I and, would buy that. And then Jesus told them exactly... Excuse me. Uh, Judas told the Jewish authorities exactly where Jesus would be on the night of Thursday, which we call Holy Thursday. Right. In the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives. Yes. Now, do you know what do you know what Gethsemane means? Hmm, I've forgotten if I knew. Actually, in, in Hebrew, it means oil press. Okay. Isn't that interesting? That is. How on the Mount of Olives, you have an oil press of a garden. Yeah. And in a sense, we can see how Jesus is going to be pressed, and he is. Yeah, well, the oil. let's go into that in detail there, because I really, I, I think that's really important to go through that. But if you want to go through the Last Supper first, we'll we'll do that. Yeah, why don't we why don't we continue um, the the historical journey here? All right. Um. All right. So also on Wednesday, the Gospels speak about. Mary of Bethany anointing uh, Jesus, his feet, with costly perfumed oil, uh-huh. and Judas objecting to that. 
Right. Well, it, it um, one of the Gospels says several of the disciples did it. So it wasn't Judas alone, but uh, I'm sure Judas was there. And he was uh, thinking in a worldly sort of way. He was thinking, you know, yeah. this, uh, this is money being thrown away. Yeah. How can you do that? Yeah, you could yeah. use it for the poor or right. something. All right. But what was Jesus' response, do you know? Um, well, it's kind of surprising. Um, one, he said, the poor will be with us, with you always. Yeah. Um, and he also said he's, that, that she was anointing him for his death. For burial, yeah. For burial. Yeah, and it was, um, it was Jewish custom to anoint the feet of, of those who die uh, and, and are buried. So apparently she was doing it a little early, at least in Jesus' perspective. That's what was happening. Um, Holy Thursday. Holy Thursday is the institution of the Eucharist at the Last Supper, which was the Passover meal. Right. You want to say anything about that? I mean, there's just... It's uh, we've kind of covered this already. So much to say about that. Yeah, well, we can go really in depth, but I just see we don't have enough time to actually finish right. the entire week. So here they are in the upper room. This is going to be the last meal of Jesus before his death, and he knew that. He knew that, yes. Okay. Um, he gets uh, his, his 12 friends, his followers, that he handpicked uh, to succeed him, to continue his message and his mission after he died. They're called the 12 apostles. And they brought him together. Uh, they, they, they all together ate the Passover meal mm-hmm. with Jesus in the upper room. Like you said earlier, Jesus takes the bread and the wine of the Passover meal. He who is the new lamb of God and makes it into his or transubstantiates this material into his body and blood. Why is that important? Why is that important? Why is that important? I mean, this is the the center of of Christianity. Why um, is that important? Well, God is always with us um, due to this. I mean, wherever... Uh, you you see the Eucharist. You you ha- have the actual presence of God there, like in the tabernacles. The uh, the unused hosts are reserved in tabernacles. The wine is always completely consumed, or the bread is. Uh, I mean, excuse me, the blood is always completely consumed. So, um, so let me let me just look at it as a three step process. All right, the Almighty, inter- eternal, infinite, invisible creator of the universe um, at one point in in the history that he created became a mere human being yep and and this is who we call Jesus yes then Jesus who is about to die and rise from the dead becomes a mere what looks like a mere piece of bread yes completely helpless from God to Jesus to bread yes why is it so important? Because now we can consume God. Right. I mean, there must be something incredibly, well, unimaginably powerful about literally eating God in the form of bread and have him dwell within you. Well, he, we, we, we take in the body, body of Christ so that we can become a living part of the body of Christ. So, Want to so elaborate a little bit? Huh? Want to elaborate on that a little bit? Well... The church is the, the extended body of Christ? The, the church is the extended body of Christ, and each of us individuals who are members of the church are part of that body of Christ. And so, in order for us to have a church, yeah. we need that Eucharist. We need to be fed by that Eucharist, by His true body. So, the, we're part of the body of Christ in more of a metaphorical fashion. I mean, it's not we're not... Well, we are the body of Christ, but we're not in in a real instance. Well, head and body has to share flesh and blood, doesn't it? Yes. Oh, that's that's a very good way. That's a very simple way of saying it. Okay. I'm looking at you right now. I see a head and a body. Yeah. Now, they share flesh, they share blood, they share life. Write those three things. Flesh, blood, and life. uh, The the sacred body, the sacred wine, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. Right? I'll buy that. The head who is Christ shares those three things, his very soul, which is the Holy Spirit, along with his body and blood, with the rest of his body. And Mm -hmm. Christians are supposed to be cells of that mystical body of Christ. How better to be fortified by his body and blood than the Eucharist itself? And that's perhaps one reason why he became bread on Thursday. 
on mm-hmm. Holy Thursday night okay. and wine. For and us. and also uh, moving on um, is is that um, at that time Jesus announced that he's going to betray be betrayed. Mm. Uh, uh, quickly going over that, everybody's going. Not me, Lord, you know, Uh, (laughs) including Judas is gone. You don't mean me. And and, and, uh, Jesus doesn't really give a a solid yes or no answer as noncommittal. The the interesting part about this uh, episode is is that uh, Jesus announces that he is going to die. And Peter uh, uh, professes that he's going to follow Jesus into death. Okay. He says, I'm going to follow you no matter what. And and Jesus uh, predicts that Jesus uh, that Peter will deny him three times and yeah um, and so that happens and the the other thing that happens on Holy Thursday is the washing of the feet uh, and this um, what does this say what this says is is uh, you have to remember that feet are really dirty in these ancient times they right. are really, they walked everywhere they walked everywhere they were kind of disgusting and dirty and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Still and to the Middle East this time, um, yeah. feet and sh- the bottom of one's feet and shoes are seen as a, der- a derogatory yes, sign. Yes, and right? insulting. Uh, insulting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, S- uh, Saddam Hussein had uh, at one of his ho- hotels uh, the face of Bush on the floor of, of the hotel so people could walk on top of it. That okay. was and incredibly and insulting. And that was the height of insult. Okay. All right, so continue. So, um, where was I? Okay, so the reason why uh, Jesus uh, did the washing of the feet is, is that he's going to give an example to the apostles that this is about service. This is not right. about power. He's, he's talking about in order for you to be leaders to these people, the people of God, you need to be servants of these people. So do what I am doing to you for others. Right, exactly. This okay. is this is the this is a symbolic way of saying, "Hey, I'm the king, but this is what I'm doing. I'm I'm going in service." Okay, so on Friday night, uh, Jesus spent the night in uh, uh, Thursday night. Thursday night in Herod's uh, dungeon. Well, first, first you have the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus right. pray was. He's praise, and this is a, one thing I really want to point out about this is is that Jesus prays to the Father, and he asks, he says, if this cup of suffering can pass by, you know, please let this cup of suffering pass by, but not, you know, my will, but yours be done. Okay. So Jesus is is, is showing his humanity. He's showing, hey, I don't really like this idea of suffering, yeah. but he's showing obedience to the Father by saying, not by my right. will, but yours. Pain and suffering is not fun. No, it's not. However, if it's God's will for a greater good, Jesus was willing to take it up. Right. And now, there, that now, was his mission. And as the new Adam, fulfilling Adam's role, he did exactly what Adam did not do in the garden. Right. He did not he did not take action. Yeah. It's interesting how in the the two gardens were that that parallel of the garden of Eden and the garden of Gethsemane. There you have the old Adam in the Garden of Eden and, you, and the new Adam in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the old Adam said no to God by disobeying, disobeying right? Yeah, yes. And, and, well, and, he won, and he won death for humanity. Whereas the new Adam came to Jesus, came to fix what Adam broke right. by saying yes to God in the new garden, which was, which was Gethsemane. Right. And hence uh, began the process of bringing uh, new redemptive life to mankind. Mm-hmm. So it was in the garden where Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss, you know, um, mm. which is, I think, where we get that phrase from, yeah. uh, betrayal with a kiss. Right. And so Jesus is arrested, and then the, the Jewish leaders, authorities, they convene the Sanhedrin, and they have a trial against Jesus there. Okay. For the sake of time, we need to, um, we need to just rush through this now. On, um, so he wakes up. They get him out of the dungeon on Friday. He's taken before Pilate. Pilate says, I see no problem with this man. Right. Uh, bring him back. You, you deal with him. So he goes back to the Jewish authorities, and King Herod says... He, go ahead. Well, well just shortcutting this. this is the, the, the Jewish authorities are trying to stir up to, to get Jesus crucified. Right. And during the Passion play that we do this coming su- Sunday, the crowd is supposed to say, you mm. know, Pilate's saying, I don't see anything wrong with this right. people, this man... And the, the crowd says, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate right. asks again, 
and the crowd says, crucify him, crucifying, which is important because for us, we need to realize that it was not just the Jewish authorities that were getting Jesus crucified. It's our attitude today. It's our attitude today. We are the ones that put Jesus on the cross. We are the ones that demand that he be there. Our cynical, our anger, our hatred, our um, um, giving into uh, our will rather than God's, that entire attitude of sin that we carry with us is saying, in essence, with the Jewish authorities, crucify him. Right. We are there doing it ourselves as well and as it's, and it's funny back then. It's funny in the Passion of the Christ, um, um, what's his name? The, the Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson, Gibson Mel, is, go is, ahead, go ahead, is, is the is the Roman soldier. You don't. He's not credited, but he's he's the arm carrying the hammer that that pierces the nail through Jesus's hand. Now Mel Gibson wanted to do that because just exactly what we were talking about. He wanted to communicate that even though he wasn't credited, that it was him and people like him, in other words, us, that actually crucified it, Jesus. It, 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 the, the, the entire movie itself is such a beautiful piece of art, and, and, yeah. and just knowing a little bit of this backstory just even makes it all that much the better. Yeah. All right, so, so Christ uh, is crucified, and we talked about earlier in the show uh, why that uh, is necessary to bring about justice so that man and God could become uh, in union uh, as uh, friend, so that, that in friendship again. So that man and God again. can be reconciled. Is reconciled the, the, the with each other. words there. Yeah. And what is that? That means that we're back in union. Oh, I need a thought. No, no, no. What is that music? Oh, I know. The, the, the show We're just getting over. started. Yes, I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is horrible. Uh, We've got so much. I'm serious. <laughs> I know. As, uh, we, we need to have another show. We need another hour. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll continue this uh, a little bit next week. But next week, stay tuned because we're having our 200th anniversary show. Be with us next week. Um, all of my guests will be here, hopefully. And maybe we will uh, continue a little bit about uh, what happened on Good Friday. And Holy, Holy Saturday, I wanted to talk about that, where he descended into, into, the, into the dead to preach to those who have already died. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. Everybody, have a great time. If you want to... Communicate with us, facebook.com slash fellow truth seekers. Have a great week. Have a great holy week when it comes to, to Sunday and onwards, and we'll talk to you next Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree.